Recorded live. Praise the Lord. Welcome to Power Prayer Ministries, where there's power in prayer and prayer there is power. And I just want to thank God for everybody that's on the line. I give God the honor, I give God the praise for this lovely day. And I know it's raining and it's hot in many other places, but you know what? I was talking to a gentleman, I said, you know, it's hotter than in hell. <laughs> but I just thank God um, for this day. Amen. I'm going to ask everybody to give me one minute before I get started. Amen. We're going to go into prayer. I'm not going to be before you long, but we're going to go into prayer. Amen. Heavenly Father, we just say thank you, Lord. We praise you for this lovely day. Lord, this is the day that you have made. We rejoice and be glad in it. And Father God, I speak blessings over everybody on the line, those on the internet. I speak blessings over everyone um, that had a good good time over the 4th of July week, Father. And, Father God, we just say thank you. Lord, I ask you to speak to the minds and the hearts of your people. And, Father God, in the mighty name of Jesus, Lord, we just say thank you. And, Father God, in the name of Jesus, Lord, destroy the principalities of Satan that come against your people. Destroy his bonds. We destroy his ties to God's people. And, Lord, we love you. And, Lord, we thank you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. I'm going to go into the word of God. I'll go into the word of God. And and I just, just want to tell everybody. Be careful who you criticize. Be careful. We're going to go to Luke 6 and 42. We're going to Luke 6 and 42. And I'm reading out of the I'm reading out of um, the New Living Translation with Luke six and thirty seven. And you know, I always hear this. I hear it all the time. Uh God ain't give nobody to judge, a right to judge. We judge according to the Bible. You know, for example, if that was the case, if we cannot judge, we, we cannot make rational decisions. 
um, if we can't judge, we will not uh, determine colors. Like, that's more blue, that's more black, that's more white. We judge. We judge every day. Oh, I like this car, but I don't like that color. Uh, you know, with you know, we get reasoning and judgment confused. Uh, you know, we we always make analysis what to do, what not to do. And Luke chapter six and thirty-seven say, "Do not judge others." And you will be not judged. Do not condemn others, or it will all come back against you. Now, when they say do not judge others, you got people that always judging others of everything. And then they don't want to be judged. It's when you judge a situation, it's different between giving somebody advice and judging. Well, you, you, if you continue to, you know, uh, it's a different way. Judging would say, if you continue to sleep around, you're going to catch AIDS, and, I, and don't you come crying to me. That's judging. But talking to someone is different. Say, so look here, son or daughter, if you continue to go around having unprotected sex, whether it's protected or unprotected, and you're not married, you, you you can increase getting STD or a sexual transmission, a church transmitted disease. You know, I want you to think about it. Now, I'm just telling you. That's how you tell somebody love. Now, I've seen people, and I've been guilty of this as well. I've been guilty. Ah, they need to get a speeding ticket. That's what they get speeding and going through the lanes and acting food, that's what they get, a speeding ticket. That's what they're good for. They were good for them. And that's judging. But you say, man, I know they were speeding. I pray God give them favor that they'll learn a lesson. So that's the difference. You know, and as a prophet, you know, and I, I run across prophets and prophetess over the years. And, yeah, God give us the authority, but we have to be led by God. You know, I, I can't send it to everybody to hell. I can't send it to everybody to I put this. No, I move by God, and that's the difference. And, the, and there's a time God says, speak this and don't speak nothing else. Hey, that's 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 different. So that's what the meaning of do not judge. And 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 judging is like when I hear somebody just say never say never. Never say never. I would never do that. You acting like a judge, like I'm the judge and I would never do that. And you find out that you will go through that and say, oh, man, this is a rough situation. So uh, I have more compassion on people who, who've who been in bad relationships, bad marriages, or who've been on drugs, or homeless, or dealing with credit problems, because I've been through those things. I thank God I've never been homeless. 
but my heart goes out to people that's homeless because almost twice in my life could have been homeless. But I thank God. So judging means like you sit as a judge, but you you do things that you'll never do. But are you judge things that you're still doing? But it's okay because you 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 feel like you sit high. You know I sit high. God forgave me of those sins, but you're judging same people that God forgave you on and condemning. They just need to tear their butts to jail. That's all the reason they're going to learn. They just need to go to jail. Or, you know, uh, she needs to get beat up because she thinks she was pretty. Or uh, he need to get slapped because he, he, I, I know she was wrong, but he, he a man. He can take it. So we got to be careful with punishments, judgments we give. And and I'm uh, reading further down the verse, say, forgive others and you'll be forgiven. And that's a, you know, um, that's a touchy subject. It can be a touchy subject sometimes. But it don't have to be touchy. I'm going to tell you why. You just forgive them. I had a conversation, a person was telling me, that they was molested by their stepfather, and they is upset because their mother is still with him. And I say, you know what? You're gonna have to respect that your mother's decision in staying with that guy. I say, either you respect it, or you just go on and cut all communication. I don't understand why she's still with that guy. Well, it's for different reasons. But you have to forgive. Because if George Maya had to forgive her father yeah. and other people that done who been molested, God God didn't say there's nowhere in the scriptures say you can only forgive under these situations or circumstances. You know, there's a loophole in forgiveness. It's not in the Bible. I've, I've been looking, I've been reading the Bible, and I never found a loophole in uh, what sins are not to be forgiven. Now, in the Bible, one sin God say, if you blaspheme against the Holy Ghost, that sin will never be forgiven. That's the only sin God that's the only thing and I'm, I'm going to read that that's Matthew 12 and 31 Matthew 12 and 31 Matthew 12 and 31 says so I tell you Every sin and blasphemy can be forgiven except blaspheming against the Holy Spirit, which will never be forgiven. Now, verse 32 says, Any man who speaks against the Son of Man can be forgiven, 
but anyone who speaks against the Holy Spirit will never be forgiven, either in this world or in the world to come. And that's Matthew 12, 31 and 32. That's the only sin that God will not forgive is blaspheming against the Holy Ghost. So we can we can sit here and I'm gonna give you the definition of blasphemy blasphemy. It is a crime of assuming to oneself rights or qualities of God. It says an action concerning God or sacred things. Irrelevant behavior towards anything held sacred or priceless. And that's what blasphemy. So, as coming against something that's so sacred, the Holy Ghost is very sacred. So that's the only thing you will not be forgiven is blaspheming against the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. And. It says an act of cursing. It's an act of cursing. So um, that's the only sin. We're going back to Luke chapter 6. Now, Forgive others and you will be forgiven. You know, um, I dealt with a situation with a leader of a church, and they didn't fulfill their promises. Now, they didn't, but I still had to forgive them. And it, it, it took some time. But you say, how do you get over it? You have to take it one day at a time. And I had to let it go, mm-hmm. let it go and to the point I don't want to be bothered with them. If I see them, I'll speak. But I choose to ditch myself. Well, that ain't forgiving. Come on now. If you get bitten by a snake, say you get bitten by a snake, and the snake bites you and run off. Now, you might point to the people that snake was in that area so they can try to kill it. But you're going you're gonna to try to get help. You say, I'm going to get the snake parting out of me or I'm going to die. I can be paralyzed. So you get the snake parting out. But if you, once you get healed and you fully recover, you go back to the area where you've been bitten by the snake, you're going to be more cautious. Mm-hmm. You're going to be more aware. And you're going to say, you know what, if I see him, I'm going to chop his head off. But you ain't looking for it. Okay. But you're going to be cautious. You ain't going to go in that area. If you are, you'll be much cautious. You're going to be more alert. So when, and I tell anybody, when you get burned multiple times, whether it's money, whether it's helping people being used, you eventually you, you better get cautious. You know, 
basically when I hear con artists when they need money, they say the the they, they always use trigger words. Man, you know if I if I had it, I wouldn't be asking you for it. Mm-hmm. Why are you saying that? You don't have it. No. You know, if I would have helped you, if if I had, you know, I would have helped you. You had it a hundred times and you didn't have it. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, God will bless you just for being a blessing to me. Those are simple words of con artists. If I want to give, I just give. If I, and a lot mm-hmm. of times, you, we need the spirit of discernment. Mm-hmm. Sometimes I'm led to give. Sometimes I, I, I'm not, and I don't feel Amen. bad. So we we have to learn, Connor. You know, we got a children. Oh, mom or dad, I need your help. But you 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 always need help because you don't want to what you don't want to get up. And I have dealt, and I'm back into another situation that you know even. In life, you deal with people, but you have to learn wisdom eventually. You can't sit there and study give. It's just like if, if you continue to give your five-year-old child eight quarters, and they and every day they're always dropping eight quarters, what you going to do? You're going to say, they, they hands are too little to hold eight quarters. I'm going to put those quarters in their pocket. I'm going to put their quarters in a sandwich bag. You, you're not going to keep doing the same thing and losing every time. Amen. And forgiving is forgiving. Yes. Yeah. Forgiving, you forgive that person, but don't put yeah. stipulations on everybody. Oh, That's right. He hurted me. So every man in this world that's going to pay for that one hurt. Or she hurted me. Everyone going to pay. No. You forgive and you keep going. Amen. Yes. Amen. Amen. Now, Amen. Now, Luke 6 and 38, it says, give and you will receive. Give and you will receive. So a lot of times you give, but don't always act. Don't look for the receive. I give. I give with my time. Well, we pray for people. I don't mind doing that. And sometimes I help, but I always get received. God always blessed me in so many ways. Amen. So, give and you will receive. Your gift will return to you in full. Press down, shaking together, to make room for more running over and pour it into your lap. The amount you give will determine the amount you will get back. And you give. Now, you have to be cautious in giving. So, I'm going to tell you why. When you give and give and give, sometimes God tell you, I don't want you giving into that. Mm-hmm. 
And 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 that's why I tell sometimes God say, I don't want you giving to this ministry. I don't, I don't want you giving into this ministry. I don't. God will tell you that, whether we want to hear it or not. God will tell you that. Oh, Lord, don't tell you that. Oh, yes, he do. God do tell you. God will tell you not to give. God will tell you don't take out a loan for this person. Or God will tell you take a left, take a right. God will tell you don't give that amount. God will tell you. And we get mad. But God, you told me to help. And and when you helping in family, we we always we always think helping helping family we oh uh, well that that's the key of getting being a blessing. No, that's not so. Helping family is helping family. But can you help outside of your family? Can you be a blessing outside of your your family? So I just want to tell everybody, well, I help my family all the time. You know, I heard people say, I only help my family, I don't help nobody else. But if you have that attitude, when you go to social service, what do our social service say? Oh, I can't help you because you only help your family. So we have to... We give, but even use wisdom in giving. Yes, it's going to be pressed down. Yes, God's going to uh, press down, running over, cause me to give unto your bosom. God will do that. But you have to use wisdom. Amen? Amen. Amen. You have to use wisdom. So, and I just want to tell everybody that. Use wisdom. Well, God, I'm tired of helping people. Well, use wisdom. Because you keep feeling like that. If you keep feeling like that, means you need balance. So, uh... So don't always get get caught up in receiving back. Because I'm gonna tell you this: some of y'all sold in your children for years, and you say, "Lord, every time I bless my child, they get worse and worse." Oh, you got you got to have balance even in giving. Well, there's yeses, there's no. You know, it's amazing. It's like when you go to a creditor. They most of the time they have two answers: is yes or no. And sometimes they have a stipulation, in they have a stipulation, and they say under this stipulation we can do this loan, or we need additional information. So I just want to tell everybody: you got to be balanced even in giving if. If the banks approve every person, they'll be in trouble. 
because they they still every bank every creditor they still have to go by a background when they say oh you don't have no credit history they still have to go through a background they still got to check well I don't know why they need to check your credit I got faith in Jesus yeah you can have all the faith but the Bible say you know, uh, render to see what is seen unto God, what is God. Obey the laws of the land. And the laws of the land say you got to have a certain, if you got to have a 620 to obtain this certain credit, you got to have a certain, you got to have a certain credit score. And the law of the land say you need these type of documents in order to consider loan. You have to have the specific documents. So, I just want to tell everybody, God is not flat concerning his promise, but you have to use Wisdom, mm-hmm. even in giving. Yes. Yes, that's right. Now we're going to read down further in the scripture. Um, Um, well, we're going to stop right here at verse 38. Now, I'm going to read this out of the King James Version. I know we got some King James Version people, and I read both. I'm going to read 38. They say, Give, and it shall be given unto you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over, shall be given unto your bosom. For with the same measure that ye met without, it shall be measured to you again. In other words, if you give sparingly, you'll reap sparingly. So I just want to tell everybody, don't be so quick to judge. There's a judgment that we can judge things by the Bible, but do it in love. You know, stop telling everybody, you're going to hell, you're going to hell, you're going to hell. If you, if you look cross out at me, you're going to hell. If you snap your finger, you're going to hell. No, you got to do things in love. Amen. We have, now I'm going to go to Luke 42. Luke 42. Six, Luke 6 and 42. Either now canst thou say to thy brother, Brother, let me pull out the moat in thy eye. When thou thyself not the beam that's in thy own eye, thou hypocrite, cast out the first beam out of thy eye, then shall thou see clearly to pull out the moat that's in your brother's eye. Now I'm going to read in... Uh, the New Living Translation. Um, Luke 6 and 42 say, How can you think of saying, friend? Let me help to get rid of the speck in your eye. And when you can't see past the log in your own eye, hypocrite, first get the log in, in your own eye. Then you shall see well enough to deal with the speck 
in your friend's eye. For example, it's just like telling somebody you see you no matter, you know coal in their eye. But you sit around and got a big old black eye. That black eye so big it, it goes for, it goes further than your nose. You got a big black eye. Man, you need to get the that that matter out that that coal out your eye. But you walk around with a big old black eye. And and your black eye need help. You need ice on it. You need to go to the hospital. You might need stitches because it's so big about the bus. And I'm going to tell you, and, and, and I looked at something when I was reading the scripture. Do I'm going to ask everybody here. If I have matter or coal in my eye, I ain't washed my face, and you have coal and matter in your eyes, do you want me to dig in your eye? You're going to say no. you say, I'm going to get that myself. You ain't going to be digging in my eye. Amen. You know, I'm, I, remember, I remember the old folks when they used to do this to little kid. They'll get their finger, they lick their finger, and, and wipe that mat out their child's eye. That child's like, ah, ah. Maybe child be moving, squirming. Maybe it's like, you, you, you should have washed your face. Even we all grown, you don't want me to get a sterile, clean tower and say, let me get this matter out your, your eye. You're going to say, uh-uh. I go do it myself because you're not going to be in my face. Because our face is very sensitive. Even as you older, only it's it's the only child that can play in my face is a newborn baby. Uh-huh. And when that baby gets to them, say, nah, you're going to be playing in my face. I'm playing my – a newborn baby don't understand. But my own children say, I don't know, get your hands out of my face. I'm going to be playing in my face. Everybody like that. Uh-huh. We, we don't even like animals. Like, uh-uh, get that dog. I, I love that dog. I want that dog in my face. Mm-hmm. because our eyes, our faces are sensitive things. So the Lord is saying, clean up your face. And you can tell somebody, oh, sister, you got coal on your eyes, or you got matter. Just go in the bathroom. Oh, I thank you for telling me. It's just the way you tell it, they don't want to do it. Because nobody in their right mind want to walk around with coal in their eye, matter in their eye. But nobody ain't going to let you go in there and dig in their eye. Even your own grown children, even a teenage child, whether a child seven, eight, nine years old, they don't want you to go, oh, I go do it myself. Because if they do it they sell, but it's the way you do it. So why nobody is not listening to the word of God is because everybody's trying to force something. But you if you just say it in love, say, Look here, sister, you, you miss a spot, you got matter in your eye, you got cold. Uh, uh-huh. Just go check. Oh, thank you. But it's the way you do it. Uh-huh. Like sometimes, you know, women have a code. They're like, girl, your slip's showing. Girl, you're, they're like, oh, thank you. Do, you. do you got a safety pin? Or they'll fix they slip on. Girl, you're, mm, you need to uh, you, you cleave it. Oh, thank you. You got a pin? You got, oh, child, let me go. Let me, let me see if I can button this. It's the way you do it. Say, bro, you know, your zipper's open. Oh, thank you. So it's the way you do it. Mm-hmm. Even with the things of God, it's still a way to do it. Mm-hmm. You can tell, you can correct people in love, and they have changed because you did it in kindness. 
Uh-huh. But verse two, girl, uh-uh, you ought to know better. Your slip hanging. And what kind of your mama ain't teaching matter? After if after you address somebody like that, they ain't coming to that church again. So ooh, they were. No. I didn't know my slip was hanging. I was had a rough day with these children or I didn't uh-huh. know the the slip, you know, just things happen. Yes it does. Hey, Amen. Oh mm-hmm. wow, I can't I don't want to go there no more. I just uh uh-uh, uh they they too mean. But if you push them, oh baby, don't meet you your slip hanging. Oh, thank you. Oh, uh, brother, you got matter in your eye. Oh, man, I knew I forgot something. They go straighten it out. Uh-huh. But you can't force nothing on nobody. But you can tell. Right. You, mm-hmm. you, 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 people walk around with big old black eyes trying to criticize people. But if you have a big black eye, you can only see your vision is limited because everything you see is, say, you, you you have a black eye on your right side of your face. You can see mostly everything on your left side. Your vision is limited. But you can say, you can say in love, you know, like, I know, I know I got this black eye, but I just want to tell you, I can't do much with my black eye. But I don't want you walking around here with a spit. Like, can you just check? Go go to the bathroom. Yeah, you got some matter. Oh, thank you. Yeah, I got this black eye. I can't. I gotta wait till it's here. But it's the way you do it. But I'm walking around with a big old black eye, and I'm sitting here telling everybody, everybody didn't get their life together. You didn't get out. Why you came to church with cold in your eye, with matter in your eye? You going to hell? You're a hypocrite. And you walk around with a black eye, and you need help. Your black eye is leaking, and pus coming out of it. It's bleeding, and all infected, and everything. It got you know, it got three colors: it's pink, purple, and black. But some black men get no oxygen. It ain't purple no more. So, what I want to tell everybody. Don't be two faces. Just address things with it, but do it in love. I'm gonna tell you this. You, I know we we run across young people that's fast and hard headed, but if you just tell me, I don't mind telling. I say, look, as far as what you're doing, but use wisdom. I'm gonna tell you how to do it. You know, I had a situation at at work, and I could have got over on somebody, but but I choose not to. I say never allow people just to put a damaged box. But you got stuff inside the box that's damaged. I say look at your stuff. If it's damaged, get a claim. But do not assume anything. Do not assume the box is damaged, but the continents inside is damaged. It's not the outside is important. It's what's in the inside. Of the box. So what we have to do, God look at the heart, and we worrying about the outside. And the inside say, oh, it's getting better. And then I say, if the continents inside the box is good, you request for a new box. 
Because what's inside of you is more valuable than the box itself. Like when you when you buy when you buy say somebody buy you a ring and it's in a jewelry box. You buy a ring and it's in a jewelry box. Um, and the box might be ten bucks. The box might be ten bucks, but that ring probably worth ten thousand. So if the box is damaged on the outside, you can get another box. But if the ring is damaged, that ten thousand dollar ring is damaged, you need to do a claim and say, "Look at your jewel." Where, uh, you call because this ring is damaged. You know, I need I need to be reimbursed for it. But what uh-huh. many people don't look, they look at the outside, but they never check the inside. I see more people today in debt, keeping up with the Joneses, but they look like something, but you see trouble all over their face. Mm-hmm. Like, whoa. Yeah, I have Gucci, I have Fendi belt, I have Chanel earrings, I have Chanel perfume, I have red bottom shoes, I have a Mercedes Benz, I have a BMW, I have a Lexus, but you bring home 50000 a year, but you have 55000 a year in debt. So every year you're going negative 5000 See, people don't look at stuff like this. They walk around pompous, but in the inside, it's messed up. Mm-hmm. Inside, you're dying spiritually. In the inside, you're troubled. Your mind is troubled. Your heart is troubled. But people say, there's nothing wrong with her. And then that person killed themselves. I thought they had it together. They had a nice, you know, I'm going to be honest. When people commit suicide, I didn't reach out before. Oh, wow. This, he was a millionaire. He was a billionaire. Why he commit suicide? He got everything. Mm-hmm. Or when they poor, they must they die because they couldn't get no money. They couldn't get a break. That's why they died. They died because they had childhood issues. It's either stuff or childhood issues. Mm-hmm. Another thing, they can't forgive themselves. Mm-hmm. They commit because they can't forgive themselves. Because they pride, they full of heart, they full of arrogance. So I want everybody to read Luke chapter six. Read it. Read Luke chapter six, and I hope everybody's reading a proverb a day, one chapter a proverb a day.
So we we have a tendency to judge from the outside, but we never try to look in the inside. We never try. Mm-hmm. Because we say we think they got it together. Oh, she looked well. I didn't know he had AIDS. I didn't know she had AIDS. I didn't know she had syphilis. I didn't know she had cancer because she just looked so good on the outside. Mm-hmm. If you do a, uh, if you just do a survey, most people that have heart attacks are not always sickly looking on the outside. That's true. Most people have heart attacks. Are not always sickly looking, not always broke down. You think, oh, they were strong. They they went to work every day. They was, you know, she, she jogged every day, and and oh, they died of a heart attack. And we need to ask God, let us discern the inside of people, because people have demon struggles. They wrestle with demons. They they wrestle with so much, and they and they just give up. The Bible mm-hmm. said in the last day, the men's heart shall fail because of fear. Mm-hmm. Because of fear. And today, wow. you're hearing more about heart attacks. I'd say 10 Amen. years ago, somebody had a heart attack. you say, whoa, they had a heart attack. But now heart attacks are common. Mm-hmm. Heart attacks are common. Even 20 years ago. I go back twenty years. If somebody has cancer, you would just say, "Ooh, that's deadly." That just it bothers you. It's like they have cancer, or they had a stroke, or they had a heart attack. But now it's common. But we in the last day, people fear about losing stuff. People fear about losing big homes. People fear about losing big ministries. People fear about losing materialistic things and having heart attacks. People fear about losing families. Family are important. But Abraham and Sarah had to get away from their kin, kin folks. Sometimes you have to separate yourself from even family, even friends, even coworkers. Not all of Amen. them. Some. some of them. I didn't tell nobody to. This on your whole family. I'm not telling you that. I'm not saying I don't want to fool with nobody at my job because all of them ain't no good. I ain't saying that. But what I'm saying is at this moment, people are having heart attacks more because of stuff or more because they want to look like something. I just want people to know I am important, but you're struggling. You're losing yourself daily because you're trying to look like something. Uh, I was talking to somebody, and do you ever fear losing stuff? I say I do sometimes. But if it's debt, if I can get rid of debt, I will return it and give it back in a second. I don't care for debt. I don't care for debt. I can take it back. If if I can get the same thing for cheaper or get more some of wisdom or something, I don't, you know, 
I don't have no fear. Who? Thirty-year mortgage. Oh, you you gonna have a third? No, you can get rid of it in two, three years. You throwing your money on rent. You can throw your money on mortgage. I'm gonna use an example. If you get a hundred thousand dollar home and you pay on that home for thirty years, you have given the bank over two hundred thousand dollars worth of interest. Yes. You have. So what is a ripoff? Giving the bank two hundred thousand dollars worth of interest in thirty years or renting. And after thirty years, within that thirty years you're gonna to have to do some remodeling, you have to get new roof, new flooring, update your appliances, update your cabinets, update this, new AC, new heating, new carpet, new new washing dryer, new paint. So there's a balance. You can rent for your life. And even after you pay off a house, which is a blessing, it's good if you can pay it off in your 50s or or before you retire and and keep the updates going. But due to the high costs of taxes, some people rather rent. You got to keep a P.R., so we have to choose with you know if you if you worry about keeping up with this, keeping up with that, keeping up with this, keeping up with that, moving on that, getting this, you're gonna lose your mind daily. You know, if Lord says, "Son, I want you to give up this, give up that." Lord, I just moved there. Lord, I just got that. It's a reason. When God talks to us, there's a reason why he tells us to give it up. Mm-hmm. Tell your house. Well, Lord, I've been here one year. I've been here five. I've been here ten. And come to find out there's going to be a major flood and FEMA's not going to pay for it. Or you find out that your house was worth three hundred thousand, but when you're trying to sell it next year, it's only worth a hundred thousand. Look what happened to Florida. Them million dollar homes, you can get your million dollar home for three hundred thousand. Look at the crisis, the home crisis that happened in Florida, happened in certain parts of California. God is just want, God is wanting His people, and God said, "I want you to get rid of that car, get your truck." Oh, I don't want no don't truck gas too high. And come to find out, you're going to need a truck because God moved you somewhere else. You say, oh, I'm glad I got a truck because I, I have to go through these roads or that road. Or God said, you need to get rid of a truck, get a car. And then, and then you have a say the gas went up four five dollars a gallon. My God is just, just trying to warn us. And God will warn you over and over. But this time, he say, okay, I warned you. And I remember this young lady told me God warned her and warned her. And she's like, oh, I got time. I got time. I got time to straighten. But now it's too late for her to straighten out certain things. 
It's too late. And she said, well, God warned me. He did, but it's it's too late. But even in that, God is still with you. God still loves you. God's uh, hand is upon you. Amen. 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 I just want to thank God for everybody that's on the line. God is good all the time. Yes, he is. All the time he is good. Yes, he is. Yes. Thank you, Lord. So I just want to tell everybody to, to stay with God. Yes, yes. Mm-hmm. Stay with God. Mm-hmm. Not with yourself, mm-hmm. but, to, but to stay with God. Yes, amen. Amen, amen. Amen. Anybody want to give your life to the Lord or rededicate your life to the Lord? It's important that you do that. Tomorrow is not promised to you. Next week is not promised to you. Give your life to the Lord. Amen. Amen. Give your life to the Lord. Not to me. Not to your pastor. Mm -hmm. Give your life to the Lord while it's yet day. So tomorrow come, you could be gone. Mm-hmm. Right. You might want to give your life to the Lord, rededicate your life to the Lord, repeat it after me, say, Lord Jesus. Lord Jesus. Lord Jesus. I need you. I need you. I need you. Thank you for dying on the cross. Thank you for Thank dying, you. On the cross. dying on the cross. For my sins. Oh, my mom. I open the door. I open the open door of my life. Of my, of life. my life. And receive you as Lord and Savior. Receive and you, Lord and Savior as Lord and Savior. Thank you for forgiving my sins. Thank, Thank you for forgiving my sins. And give me eternal life. Give me eternal life. Take control. Take control. Take control. Of the throne. Of the throne. Of the throne. Of my life. Of my life. Of my life. And make me the kind of person. Make me, make the, kind of me the kind of person. You want me to be. You want me, you to, be. Want me to be. Thank you, Lord. Amen. I, I give God Amen. the glory. Give him a praise. Yes. And, and I encourage everybody who gave your life or rededicate your life to the Lord. To go yes, to Lord. a local church in your area, and I also encourage yes. you to thank, um, thank you, Holy Ghost. I encourage you to yes, read Lord. your Bible, start off with Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, mm-hmm. and learn about Jesus. And I also encourage you to um, to pray, which is communicate, talk with God, and I also mm-hmm. encourage you to church off of Sunday school or any type of prayer. Meetings to attend there. Amen. I just thank God. Amen. For everybody. And anyone have any testimonies or any prayer requests? Anyone have any testimonies or any prayer requests? This is Evangelist Constance. How are you doing? All right. How are you doing? I'm just blessed. I just want to thank God for your um, 
about a year, well, September of last year, I got a truck. And you told me, say, the Lord said, don't get comfortable with that truck because there's another one. I said, oh, Lord, why? So last, about two weeks ago, I went in and traded off that truck. And I just want to thank you that, you know, you're a true man of God. And I love you mm-hmm. and I thank you for it. Amen. Amen. Give God the glory. Amen. When when God do something, it's just like um, when I first moved into an apartment, mm-hmm. and the Lord said, "Son, keep them boxes. You gonna be moving here." I said, "I just moved this apartment. I've been through hell trying to get this apartment." And then God blessed me to move into a house, mm-hmm. and and now I'm in a house. He said, "Don't get comfortable." Mm-hmm. And I just want to tell everybody, when God bless you, it's just to get your faith at a certain place. Yeah. You mm-hmm. just like say, God, I thank you. And then it gets better and better. And and mm-hmm. uh, and, I, and I had, uh, when my mother came to me, it was last year. But don't get come to house, God, I got something bigger. It was a confirmation. Mm-hmm. But if there's, it took faith in me to get in this house. It was faith. It was faith. Yeah. And um, and um, and God gave me some other things, but it's by faith. So when God bless you, your faith ought to increase. Yeah. So and, and in the name of Jesus, I speak debt freedom that we will get out of debt quick. Yeah. In the name yeah. of Jesus, that God yeah. will get us out of debt and stay out of debt. And I want and I also want to tell everybody: sometimes you have to change. Mm-hmm. Change is good. Mm-hmm. Change is good. And I thank God for that testimony, Brandon Thompson. I say be encouraged. And God got great for you. But keep Amen. on keeping on it and be balanced. And I want to tell everybody be balanced mm-hmm. in giving and helping others. Be balanced. Because mm-hmm. if, if, if your, your helping can be hurting, Say it again. You helping people could be hurting them. Uh-huh. Amen. Do anyone else have any testimonies or prayer requests before we come to a close? Mm-hmm. Amen. I pray that everyone had a good 4th of July. Yeah. Uh, 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 now, before Amen. you go out, 